When my husband and I were first dating, I loved how vulnerable he could be, how honest and guileless he was. I was always a bit of an actress, a bit zealot-like, turning into whatever the situation called for me to be. I could never admit that I didn't know something. I'd pretend to understand and know things I'd never learned. All this to keep up that polished veneer. My husband, on the other hand, embraced truth and awe. He had no compunction to admitting he didn't have a clue about something, and often about things I thought everyone would know, or everyone should know. I was sure that he would help me get more honest, and I would help him be a bit more strategic. And then we got married. Within months, the very things I admired about him began to bug me, made me disrespect him. Even though our marriage counselors told us that people marry within two IQ points of one another, my husband told them that it would be me who would claim that extra point or two. Why is it that the things that draw us initially become the very things that make us crazy? Is it possible that a part of us knows the work we need to do, but when confronted with it in practice, we shy away? terrified of the very things we disowned in ourselves? Kabbalah teaches us that when you and your soulmate are split in the heavens, it's not in a straight line, but rather with jagged edges. That the process of bringing together two whole halves into one whole whole can be a bit troublesome, like fitting together two puzzle pieces that require a bit of work. My husband once explained to me that when you bond together two pieces of wood, there are two ways to do it. One is just with a chemical bond, where the adhesive is the glue that holds the pieces together. But a chemical physical bond, on the other hand, requires quite a bit of sanding down of both surfaces. And when the glue is placed on those boards, those indentations and the jaggedness that the sanding provided makes the fitting together of both pieces so that the glue is not the only bond. In effect, the two boards have become one. And so it is with love. The word for love in Hebrew is ahava, from the root to give. We love who we give to, what we invest in. When we give to our beloved, we form an attachment that's deeper than just the chemistry. We become one. And in the rejoining of our two half-holes, we are restored to the original human, Adam. Our Torah tells us that the first being, Adam, was neither male nor female, but actually both. But God saw that it was not good for Adam to be alone, and so he cast sleep upon him and separated the female parts of him from the male. Then Adam had a partner, who this time was the bone of his bone, the flesh of his flesh. You see, the work of marriage is to get back to that original state. Under the chuppah, there's a blessing that wishes that we be like Adam and Chava, Adam and Eve, because they were the only two people on earth. They knew for certain they were meant for each other. When you look at your spouse, can you try and see him as the other half of you, your beshert, your part in the original human? Can you list the different qualities you possess and how together you make one perfect whole, rather than concentrating on the differences? Can you start telling him exactly your findings? For example, 
Honey, I'm so grateful for our differences. Your love of nature has opened me up to seeing beauty in the world that I never really noticed. Or your love of reading has taught me that I can sit quietly and not be constantly looking to do something and to talk. I've learned to just be. You know, a rabbi once famously brought his wife to the doctor and said, Doctor, our leg is bothering us. May we all merit to feel each other's aches and pains and to feel each other's joys and triumphs as well as we move towards the giving that translates to perfect love.